Welcome to the Christchurch London podcast. Our Sunday services have now moved online and you can tune in every week for worship, prayer and our weekly sermon by going to christchurchlondon.org forward slash church hyphen at hyphen home. We're now going to hear the talk from this week's Church at Home service. Today's reading is from Matthew 9, 35 to 38. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Hi, Christchurch London. Uh, Fantastic to be with you this morning. Hope you're doing well. Uh, I can't tell you how much Philip and I are missing uh, not being able to see everyone at the moment. We've got our central in-service um, uh, services now starting to happen uh, and we are looking forward so much uh, to the day when this pandemic is over and when we can be together but in the meantime we trust that you're well and we trust that you're strong in faith as well. One of the uh, best films that Philip and I watched during lockdown was uh, called Harriet, a story of Harriet Tubman's escape from slavery and the long walk that she made to Philadelphia, where uh, she was able to be legally, for the first time, a free woman. One of the most striking things about that film was the way in which as soon as Harriet arrived in Philadelphia, you could see her making plans to go back, to go back to family and friends and others and rescue them and take them on the same walk that she had been on. And in this way, she rescued scores and scores of slaves and brought them to freedom. Uh, The film uh, doesn't bring this out, but she was also a follower of Jesus And she put her success down to listening to God's voice and only ever walking where God told her to. Her nickname, what others called her, was Moses because she had rescued so many people from slavery and brought them to freedom. It was a moving, if at times harrowing watch, and I would uh, recommend it to you. One of the things, though, that struck me as I'm watching her go back again and again and again was What is it that motivates you? How do you keep going? Where do you find your strength and your energy and your resourcefulness? And she was once asked that question and her response was, she said, I'm driven by compassion. She said, it is so wonderful to be free, but I can't help thinking of all those that are not free and I want to use my freedom in order that others may taste and experience what I have tasted. I thought it was a fantastic answer and it reminded me of the power of compassion. And that is what I want to look at this morning as we're doing this series, looking at Jesus and his message of the kingdom of God, we'll find that compassion is right at the heart of the whole thing. And I think it's ever so important as we go into this winter that whilst we allow God to deal with our own needs, that we are other focused, that we're looking from uh, beyond ourselves and that as a church, we're asking ourselves, how can we continue to serve our city and how can we serve it more effectively? 
than we've done so far. And I think that compassion and its power is key to answering that question. The passage that we read this morning is, if you like, is a typical day in Jesus's life. He's talking about his message. Jesus really only had one theme with multiple facets to it, which all linked together. And his theme, strange though these words sound to 21st century ears, his theme was the kingdom of God. It was this idea that one day, Jesus said, a time will come where there's no pandemics, there's no suffering, there's no loneliness, there's no anxiety, there is no sickness. But the most exciting part about this, says Jesus, is not just that that is coming one day, but that power is available right now. It's breaking into life in this very moment. His phrase was the kingdom of God is at hand. And that was uh, what he was always not just talking about, but then he would show people that it was true and he would heal those that were sick. They would experience this power, this power of the age to come in their bodies and the crowds around would see it and they would marvel and they would praise God as a result. And Jesus is doing just this. He's teaching and he's praying for the sick and suddenly he lifts his eyes in the passage we've read and he sees a crowd. And the crowd, according to the message version, is troubled and thrown down. It's like it's anxious and concerned and life has got the best of it and sort of picked individuals up and thrown them into the ditch. And we say that, G uh, and the scriptures say that as Jesus looked at them, his heart broke. In the version that we read this morning, it was that he had compassion, that he was literally deeply moved. Now, the question has to be, why? What is it that created that sense of compassion? If it's genuinely powerful, if it can motivate us and put us even in dangerous or difficult or uh, situations which are not comfortable for ourselves, then we have to understand how did Jesus experience compassion that we may know the same. Here's what it was for Jesus. Firstly, if we read just before the passage we've read this morning, we find Jesus sharing with someone the power that is available from God. This was someone, too, who was troubled and life had thrown down. This person was mute, had been born unable to speak. But Jesus, in a few authoritative words, leads the man to a point where he's totally healed. The crowd are amazed. He's speaking for the first time. And Jesus, like no doubt everyone else in the crowd, is just enjoying this wonderful, wonderful, life-changing moment. And he looks up and he sees the crowd and they know nothing of what is available. They're in a bad place. And we're told Jesus' heart just broke as a result. And I want to encourage us as we think about this winter, and I know it can be a daunting or a challenging period for many of us, but I want to encourage you to remember that God's presence is available. His kingdom is coming. It is at hand just as much as when Jesus was alive, in, was, was alive on earth, was here in person. And that as we keep our eyes on what's available and then as we see the need, so our hearts will be filled with compassion too. And we are to be compassionate for the crowds that make up this city. But Jesus wasn't just compassionate for crowds, but also for individuals. 
the fantastic news for people like you and me. If you are sick today, if you're sick in body, in mind, in spirit, then Jesus has compassion on you. We see this as two blind men come to Jesus asking to be healed. And we're told that Jesus, filled with compassion, heals them. If you are lonely today, and this of course has been one of the most difficult consequences of the pandemic for many. If you are feeling lonely or outside or an outlier this morning or this afternoon, whenever you're listening to this, then the good news is that God has compassion on you. The loneliest people in first century ancient Near East was the lepers. Yep, they were physically sick, but also they were totally excluded from society. A leper was never going to feel the softness of human touch, was never going to enjoy the closeness of a hug or an embrace. Instead, they had bells. And if they saw someone coming, they had to ring the bell and they had to shout in a loud voice, unclean, unclean. In other words, don't come near me. At the end of Mark chapter one, a leper comes to Jesus, looks at him and says, if you are willing, I know you can make me clean. And we're told that Jesus, indignant, filled with compassion, says, be clean. That is how God feels if you are lonely today. Maybe you're, you've spiritually drifted, you've wandered from the path, you're some distance from God right now. Or I've got great news for you this afternoon today. And that news is that God is not angry with you. He's not interested in rebuking you. But we're told that the father, when he sees the prodigal son returning, is filled with compassion and embraces him and kisses him and throws a party. And it's motivated because he's delighted to have his son home. He's filled with compassion. If you are sick, if you are lonely, if you are away from God this day, then God has compassion on you. Now, you may say to me, I'm none of those things, David. Well, Guess what? He still has compassion on you. Here's what Isaiah says. He says, my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. Jesus has compassion on the individual. It's one of the incredible things about God. He loves the crowds and he cares for every hair on our head and he has compassion on us, whatever state we're in today. One final category of people that Jesus has compassion on, and it's a big one, it's the whole city. Sometimes it can be challenging to think about the breadth and the size and the scope of a city like London, the different, different numbers and types of people, the geographic expanse that it covers. Um, some of us will just say, no, I'm, I'm better with the individual. Well, it's great to care for the individual. But if we're to become like God, if we're to reflect him, we also need to have in our hearts and learn to hold in our hearts the extent and the breadth of the city. It's one of the reasons that whilst all of us are in, uh, attached, committed, if you like, to one particular service, we care about all our services and indeed the other churches in this city because we care for the whole city. And as Jesus came over uh, the hill, looked down on Jerusalem, we're told that he wept, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, I've longed for you. And it can be fashionable, at least it was, to talk about how cool London was or is. 
the restaurants, the music, the art, the sport, the opportunities that are available here. But when we look at it in, with our spiritual eyes, we remember too how broken it is, how people are in such need of God here. And so we feel compassion. And I want to encourage us as we think about the power of this. And we think of those saints who've gone before us, who've lived with compassion. I want to encourage you to develop compassion for the crowd, for the individual and for the city. But it's not just that we have to do this by ourselves. God shares compassion with us. Let me explain a little bit of how he does this. The first way he does this is as we mature, we become more like God. And so we should expect to feel more care, more empathy, more concern, more compassion as a result. We should also watch out for the times where it's just like he takes back the veil of heaven and he shares how he feels with us. Think back to the first church that I ever started. It was in a county town in the UK. But for years beforehand, it was my hometown. I would go into the city centre. I would look around at the shoppers and the people sitting around. And I would look at their eyes and I would see the, the dullness. I would see the lack of purpose. I would see the, sometimes the anger and the pain. And I would feel this depth of compassion for these people. I knew these people didn't need to be like that for the kingdom of God was at hand. And over time, as God shared his compassion with me, it built this deep well of love and desire and concern and resilient determination for these people, which I needed as he then led me to start a church for these people in due course. That wasn't those feelings and those feelings that you sometimes have of concern and care are not just a moment of sentimentality, a moment of over emotionalism. No, God, who is both clear thinker and deep feeler, as we see in Jesus, is sharing his emotion with us. And we're to capture it and we're to ask him what to do with it. And we'll talk more about that in a moment. Sometimes it happens as we pray that, again, we're overwhelmed with this sense of care and compassion. And it is God sharing his emotion with us. We're to capture it. We're to hold it in our hearts. But maybe for some here, uh, for some this, this day, we'd say, I'm just not that emotional sort. I don't feel those things very much. How about me? How am I to act? Well, Paul has an answer for you, the Apostle Paul. He said, as God's people clothe yourself with compassion. In other words, put it on like a cloak or determine to live as a compassionate being, whether you're feeling it or not. For sometimes it is as we're compassionate that we, as we live out a compassionate life, that we feel the emotion of that as well. And don't forget, finally, in terms of how God gives us compassion, he gives us compassion by being compassionate to us. As he is filled with love for us so it should drive us and encourage us to love others as a result. All over this city members of Christchurch London go out every day to serve. We have doctors and nurses who are on the front line every day, other essential workers, teachers, now many of you back at school teaching our children making sure they don't miss out at this crucial time for them. 
We have business people who understand that unless the city continues to generate wealth, we will be in trouble. We have politicians and civil servants who are seeking to make good judgments on the sake of this city, on the sake of this nation. We have those of you in care homes looking after our elderly and those in need. We have parents at home with young children investing yourself in the next generation. Well, as we go all over the city, not just doing jobs, but understanding that those jobs are channels, vehicles for serving God, I want you to look out for those moments of compassion. There were four things that happened to Jesus in this passage as a result of feeling compassion. The first was that he saw the opportunity. He wasn't just overwhelmed with the need, oh my word, there's another crowd. How can I sort them out? How can I help them? How can I lift them? No, Jesus looks at them and says, the harvest is great. And when you feel compassion for others, do not feel overwhelmed. For with God, there is always a way of reaching out. It's a sign of need. And where there's need, there God can be the answer. And so we see the opportunity. And then the second thing Jesus does is he prays. Even the son of God was dependent on the father and would had a rich prayer life. And I want to encourage us as we see the opportunity, as we feel the compassion. So we pray and we say, God, will you help us? God, will you direct us? And then Jesus got others involved. The harvest is, few, is, is, is great, but the workers are few. Pray to the Lord of the harvest for workers. And there's sometimes where we need to get others involved as well. Jesus then uses his head, not just his heart, because he's starting to develop a strategy. Where are the workers and what should we do? And we're to be motivated both by our head and our heart, driven by the emotion, but thinking clearly so that we're able to respond in the best possible way. And then finally, Jesus goes into action right at the beginning of the next chapter. And he sends his disciples out to go to the crowd. And when we do these things, you never know what will happen. One of our guests, which I'm looking forward to introducing you to at the Everything Conference this autumn is Rachel Ango. Rachel is one of the stars of Les Mis and uh, previously of Hamilton. She's a, a wonderful woman. Philip and I enjoyed a meal with her and her husband uh, during the summer. And she was telling us some of her stories of the ways in which filled with compassion, God has led her to minister to the cast of Hamilton. She'll be telling some of those stories. I won't spoil them by telling them now. But compassion will lead us anytime, anywhere, and anyone to serve the people of this city. We're to be aware of it. We're to be looking out for it. We're to see it as an opportunity. We're to pray and ask God for help. We're to put a strategy in place, drawing in others, and then we're to go into action. Just want to tell you one more story. People who are becoming friends of mine who too have been motivated by compassion. They're also actually guests at this Terms of Everything conference. Do join us if you can. David and Emily Linus. They said that the community that they lived in in Northern Ireland was like this community we've read about this morning, this crowd. That they were troubled, they were harassed, they were helpless. 
And they felt that God was leading them to start a cafe in that community. And they said that they wanted it to be marked by three things. Firstly, they wanted it to be marked by care. They wanted to people as they came in to feel something of the love of God. They wanted their staff to experience something of the love of God. They said, if you're going to pastor a community that's not coming to the church, maybe the best place to do it is in some sort of community place like a cafe. So they wanted to show care, but they also wanted to create connection. They said, our community is so disconnected. We want a place where people can come, different people from different backgrounds and come together and find one another, which is indeed what has happened. And they said, we want to do it all with craft. We believe that God cares about beauty and God cares about form. And therefore, we want to honour him with great coffee and fantastic food. And we think that points the way to the Father as well as those other things. So that's how they started out. It has been a wonderful and amazing journey for them. They say that around the community as a result of this cafe has created a culture that cares about the environment and about food, about what you eat and how you go about creating it. They said there's organic farmers that have got to know one another. There's artisan bakers that are working. There's even a foraging culture that is developing. They said it's creating a healthier community as a result. They're using their cafe space in the evenings to offer it free of charge to emerging young artists to be able to play their music and do their poetry and their stand-up comedy. And it not only brings the community together, but it brings it raises up artists, which is such an important part of any community life. And they said we're looking to care for those in need. They said the community have loved us profiling a charity that's close to our hearts that deals with those that are coming out of slavery. In fact, we've even got a couple of safe houses in the community and we've raised money and we've talked and we've profiled and we've done lots of things to be able to support that charity. And they said in the middle of all of this, the renewal of a culture that cares about food and sustainability and the environment, a culture that cares for the arts, that cares for those in need. They said that we ended up winning the best cafe in the whole of Ireland competition several years ago. They said much to our amazement, but they said the very best thing, way better than that, is that we've watched people come to find Jesus. Members of our staff, members of the community are being touched and changed because God has given us compassion for our community. Can I finish by asking this question? Who has God given you particular compassion for? Maybe during this pandemic period, he's asking you to reach out to them in whatever way you can. If you're at home and you can't get out very much, then you can pray. You can see the opportunity, you can pray and you can ask for workers. But maybe you can be hands, arms, legs to God's desire as well. We're trusting God that during this time we'll have many stories just as we've already had of renewal and change and transformation. This is the business which he's in and it starts with his compassion. I wonder whether you join me as I pray now and ask for God's compassion to fill our hearts. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. We thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your care for us, your compassion for us, your compassion for those that we know and your compassion for this city. And we want to ask now in the name of Jesus that you would 
increase the compassion in our hearts. That we would learn to be driven by your compassion, feed off the energy that that provides. May we see the opportunities not be daunted by the tasks. Help us to keep steady and vigilant in prayer and answer our prayers and would you be glorified and would many people in this city benefit as we express the compassion that is on your heart for the glory of God. We pray it all in Jesus' name. We pray it for the sake of your kingdom. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this talk from the Christchurch London podcast. To hear other talks or find out more about our Sunday services, head to christchurchlondon.org.